Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals and the only place for every New York football team and their fans. Do you believe? I'm your host, Steven Tino Rodriguez, and welcome back to another edition of the New York Football Podcast. You could check us out at Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Like, download, subscribe, comment, rate. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod, as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez. We have an awesome show for you guys today. Reoccurring guests Jim Pizzappi and Joe Monaco stop by to break down the New York Giants schedule, and we give our top things to do at a tailgate. I'm also going to break down the New York Jets schedule, but first we're going to jump into some headlines from this past week. And to start, we begin on a bit of a somber note as news broke of the passing of the first lady of the New York Jets, Betty Johnson, who passed away at the age of 99. She was the mother of owners Chris and Woody Johnson. And from anyone who played for the Jets or in the Jets organization, um, nothing but good things were ever said about Betty Johnson, and I'm sure she'll be missed uh, in the Jets family. So rest in peace to Betty Johnson. And, uh... My condolences to the Johnson family. But now staying in Jets news, ESPN's Rich Samini came out with a statement recently about offensive tackle George Fant, who signed a three-year option contract with the Jets this past offseason, really with a one-year guarantee and the other two years being the option. And he stated that he signed with the Jets to play left tackle, which was an obvious thing at the time, but now that they have drafted Mekhi Becton, who is going to be implemented in as the future staple left tackle of this franchise, the question was asked to George Fant on if he'd be ready to play right tackle, and essentially what he said was, he's here to play left tackle, and he didn't want to get too deep into it, um, but really it's not about the position, it's about getting on the field. He does see himself as an all-pro tackle, that's what he said in the statement as well, which is... Interesting. I mean, you know, as a utility swing tackle to have that ambition and the confidence can go a long way. And maybe it lights a fire under his ass. He's 27 years old. He's not older by any means. And you have a younger guy coming in um, who's going to have to earn the spot essentially, which I think, and I've talked about this about the Giants, you know, a culture of competition can never be a bad thing, especially on the offensive line. I think that's especially a position where depth is key. And I think if you have a a few guys battling for the same spot, especially, you know, a battle at the left tackle position and one moves over to right, can't necessarily be a bad thing. Um, you know, I guess if this eventually causes turmoil and the fact that Fant gets upset that uh, he's not getting the looks at left tackle because they just put Becton in there, there could be some turmoil down the road. Um, but with a guy who's essentially contingent on a one-year deal, uh, you know, really playing to prove something and can ultimately better the draft pick that you had in Becton um, I think can't necessarily be a bad thing as long as this is gone about with the right mindset so interesting comment by Fant um, encouraging 
more than anything. I think uh, a competition culture for both these New York organizations is key, especially for a Jets team uh, that struggled on the offensive line. I don't think uh, having guys wanna wanting to earn that left tackle position can necessarily be a bad thing because, you know, let the best man win. Obviously, you want to put Becton in at left tackle, but hey, George Fant comes out here, puts some weight on, looks bigger, faster, stronger, and is dominant. Who's to say he doesn't take that over? Um, again, I think it's a bit of a stretch, especially when you take a left tackle there at 11, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm all here for the competition. But now let's switch out of the Jets for one second here, and we'll go over to Giants camp, where Monday marked the start of integrating rookies and veterans virtually, digitally, however you want to say it, uh, whether it be on Zoom or on webcams or whatever the heck they are doing over there at Giants camp. But nonetheless, rookies and vets are being integrated together, and they're beginning to break down schemes and plays. Uh, last week, the Giants had a virtual rookie minicamp as well, and Really, the only thing to note here, of course, obviously, there are football activities going on under the radar that, you know, aren't necessarily talked about, um, and they're not necessarily the sexiest thing to talk about. Obviously, we'd love to see a lot of these guys on the field in pads and helmets and whatnot, but nonetheless, they're getting integrated in the systems, and Joe Judge did make a comment addressing, you know, the young guys from last week and just incorporating them with the vets this week and just saying, overall, as a whole, uh, there's been a lot of teaching going on, especially about the league in itself. Obviously, he was out in the uh, headlines when he told both Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney that he wants them both to be, you know, shut with their statements on guaranteeing Super Bowls and whatnot. Um, so obviously that got headlined. But, you know, I think as a whole, he just wants his rookies to come in, be ready to be professional athletes, be ready to be, you know, a consummate professional. And as a whole, he said he was very pleased with how the rookies were in their first exposure to the league and, you know, becoming a New York football giant. Uh, you know, so far, so good in the first week. I mean, it can only go so far, but, you know, a big part of this change from college to the NFL is going to be, you know, the language and the education and the new schemes of, you know, being an NFL athlete. Um, so that's good. I mean, from Giants camp, that's nice. Uh, Nice to hear. Obviously, Joe Judge is the type of person where he phrases things to always kind of... He, he's he's the ultimate PR guy. I mean, it's hard to get anything out of him in terms of, like, headline-grabbing statements. Obviously, like I just mentioned, the biggest statement he had was to tell his rookies to essentially not talk shit, which is, you know, pretty common sense for a team that just only won four games and has a new head coach and, had, you know, new system. But, uh, you know, as a whole, it's hard to find a crack in this man's statements and he still has yet to give that um and he's already talked about players and he hasn't done it yet either so um a man of the people a good PR guy for sure as a head coach and again overall I guess encouraging stuff on both the fronts of the Jets and the Giants so far of you know having the mindset and mentality that you're going to come in here to work uh nothing's going to be given to you and it appears that they're trying to develop winning cultures um there are two teams in New York, so hopefully those winning cultures work for at least one of us. But now, let's get more into if the Jets and the Giants can both develop that winning culture this year, uh, at least on paper. Because we have the schedule released for the 2020 season, and now we can only foresee what they're telling us. And it's that the league will start on time, and COVID-19, whether there are fans, no fans home stadiums, not home stadiums. They gave us the schedule. 
of what they assume if the season starts on time and everything's intact, what it's going to look like. And this is with everyone being at home and everything's back to normal. So I have Jim and Joe coming on to break down the Giants with me in a bit, but we'll start by breaking down the 2020 Jets schedule. And I'm going to start with this. I'll include both their hardest stretch, their easiest stretch, and I'll start by telling you guys the over-under total, which is available at DraftKings Sportsbook, is set at 6.5. Both the Jets and the Giants have the same number. Um, the over for the Giants is in positive odds. I believe it's at plus 110 or 120. The Jets, pretty much even money uh, at this point. I think minus 110-ish. Um, but they're at 6.5. So we're going to go through this schedule. You'll hear where I'm at with them in terms of whether they're going to go over or under. But let's just start with the fact that I believe their toughest stretch, and I think it's vital for this team to get off to a hot start, obviously, after last year, but by far their toughest stretch is the first five games of the season. And I mean, when you really look at it and you think about last year's team and the amount of contingency the season hung on the first four games and how poorly they started and whatnot and all the excuses that have been made for this team. There can be no excuses here, and they're going to go through the gauntlet uh, to start this. It's not even going to be close to how difficult this path is going to be within the first four or five weeks for them. Um, They start and open up right out of the gates at Buffalo. Uh, They opened against Buffalo at home last year. It was going pretty well, and then they blew it. Um, Now they're going to travel to Buffalo, uh, a team that appears to be a favorite to win this division, and they're going to open up with a statement game in the city that takes no prisoners, to say the least, and they're going to have no sympathy for Jets fans walking in there. Whether there's fans or not, I think the Bills Mafia will make their presence felt, and I truthfully have that as an L to open this season. I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to match up with that stingy Bills defense very well. I think they're going to have a stagnant offense still, um, especially if they still try to get cute with the whole dual running back Le'Veon Bell Frank or thing. I don't think that Bill's defense is the defense to try to do that against. Um, and I mean, they have Trey White and uh, their corners and secondary is no joke either. So they also have a, a capable offense to put up points as well. So uh, I'm going to go with an L there week one. And tell me if you've heard this before, they're going to start 0-2 here because then they're going to come back home and they got to go against the NFC <laughs> NFC champions in the San Francisco 49ers. Um, And you'll hear my statements on how I feel about the Niners playing against the Giants at MetLife. But um, I believe this is an L as well. I think um, it could be a trap game for the Niners. I think every game against the Jets, one way or another, if a West Coast team is coming over to play them in MetLife, and you saw it last year with the Raiders, um, can be a trap game. It could be a very oddball thing. Uh, going on here at MetLife Stadium when the Jets play. But I don't think it's going to happen in Week 2. I think the Niners, you could chalk that up as an L, and if that wasn't painful enough, um, Week 3, they hit the road again, and they got to go get another challenge in the Indianapolis Colts. And now, I'll just foreshadow here, because Week 4 is at home against the Broncos on a short week. And now, so... This is vital. I was split between these two games. I think they're going to win one. I think they could easily lose both. Um, 
But for some reason, I don't see that happening. I, th- I think they're going to beat one of these teams. Um, I have it at Indy as a win. Um, just because I don't know if they're going to be capable of beating the Broncos on that short week. I don't know what this team um, will be able to do uh, as of yet. But here's the thing with both the Colts and the Niners is that they play actually into the Jets' strength, which is a running defense. And I think they'll be able to shut one of those teams down or at least limit them and force them to do something that they're not accustomed to. So I'm going to stick with my Week 3 W at the Colts and go with a Week 4 L against the Broncos. Now... This is where the season gets interesting. So we're looking at 1-3 here within the first four weeks. Uh, not a lost season as of yet. 0-4 would all but do it, but I don't think they're going to go 0-4 again. We have them at 1-3. and And Week 5 and Week 6, these are two winnable games for the New York Jets. They stay at home here in Week 5 against the Arizona Cardinals, who is they're going to be a sneaky team this year. They're going to be a very sneaky team this year, obviously improved and capable of putting up points. Um, It's interesting. I'm teetering on this one because the next game they travel to L.A. and take on the Chargers, which I have as their most important game of the season, Week 6. So I'm going to go Week 5 W against the Cardinals, um, which is a stretch because I do think the Cardinals might be a far more talented team than the Jets. Uh, We'll just catch them coming over from the West Coast or from uh, the uh, Southwest, I guess you could say, and coming over to MetLife Stadium and struggling a bit. But then the Jets go on their West Coast wing here, and they go over to play the Chargers. And, you know, this is going to dictate a lot. They could either get to 500 or go to 2-4. and But now here's the thing. If they lose that game, and they go to two to four, a uh, two and four, which I do have. They go two and four. I think they lose the next two and possibly the next three at home against the Bills. I think they're going to get swept by the Bills this year. Now, and it's important to remember, and I've been on this show stating it: the Jets have yet to have a winning record in division in over a decade. So I'm a gambling man, and I'd love to bet the over here. And I think squeaking out seven wins could be possible, but it ain't going to be against division opponents. And they haven't even played the patch yet. And you're going to hear it. They're going to lose to the Bills, lose to the Chiefs. And I actually have them breaking that losing streak at home against the Pats before they hit the easiest part of their schedule. But just because they beat the Pats that one time, uh, and they're going to have Miami after that, uh, I don't see them having a winning record against the uh, division. But you'll see. You'll see here. Because this is the weakest point of the Jets' schedule. Week 10 to Week 13. This is where... If you're betting the over or you're just a Jets fan and the Jets surprise everyone, the best case scenario here is that the Jets are somehow 4-5 and five going into the Miami weeks because week 10 they are at Miami, they have a bye week 11, and then they go home and play Miami. Then they're at home again against the Raiders. And I have all three as wins. I do. I have all three as wins. But now the issue is if they're 4-5, and five, and they win all three, we're, you're golden on the over. You're golden. But now if they don't, now if they don't win those games, here's the issue. I think they lose all four games to end the season. I do. I think this is going to be tough. At Seattle, at the Rams, back home against Cleveland, and then at the Pats. They easily can lose three or four, if not all four. Um, we saw what happened against Cleveland last year. 
Uh, an ugly game. They didn't have Sam Darnold, sure. But two years ago in Cleveland, it didn't really go so well either. Um, Baker Mayfield had a coming out party. For whatever reason, uh, that game's going to look like shit on TV. Probably will be shit. And the Jets won't buy a win a game that looks like shit like that. They either have to win from the get or not win at all. And that's probably what's going to happen. I can't see them winning at Seattle. I can't see I can't see them on a West Coast swing taking down the Rams. But, I mean, the Rams do have a lot of question marks. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. And week 17 at the Pats. Yeah. Uh, if they won that game, that would state that they do have a winning record against the division, but I couldn't, I couldn't go that far. I'm going to say they go three and three. They sweep Miami. They beat the Pats once. They lose to the Pats at New England and they lose to the Bills twice. So they'll have three and three. They keep par for what they do. And we're going to bang the under here. That's going to be 6-10. and 10. I put him at 6-10 and 10 on the season. But really the biggest thing for that total is going to be week 5, week 6, that Arizona uh, Chargers back-to-back. Because I think their softest and weakest part of the schedule is going to be week 10 to week 13, which is great. But if you ask Jets fans and anyone who followed the Jets last year, that's way too late to get a season going. And it's pretty much what they did last year. And tell me if you've heard this, you know, heard this story before, but an Adam Gase team is going to shit the bed early and then try to salvage the season late. And they may very well do that and just bite everyone in the ass. They're going to bite betters in the ass who bet the under, and they'll somehow get seven wins. Um, but I think they're going to go through a gauntlet in the first four weeks. Um, and I think that's going to set the tone for the entire season. I think if they somehow shock the world and win that game at Buffalo, it really puts them in a position to say, hey, we're here and we can ball out and we're here to try to compete for this division now that New England you know, doesn't have Brady and Gronk and the whole dynasty still there. But that's a stretch. I think that's a stretch. I think it's tough because I think if you see these teams and see how they played last year, I mean, granted, uh, the Jets defense was really able to uh, disrupt some things uh, disrupt some things for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen has another year in the system. They had a playoff appearance. They they have a mindset where they're going to try and win the division. And I think when you're playing Buffalo at home, uh, like I mean, in Buffalo, it's it's just a whole other animal. I think it's a whole other animal. I think if they were starting at home again, I think there's a better chance. But they even did that in Week One and somehow managed to shit the bed. So. The, the Jets didn't necessarily instill confidence in that matchup uh, last season, and I just can't see them coming out this year and being world beaters in the AFC East. Uh, I haven't seen it in 10 years, and it's just hard to uh, try to bet that this year. So I have them at 6-10. and 10. We have the under. Um, I think it's contingent on, after the first four weeks, what the hell they decide to do from week uh, 5 to about 8 or 9 before that real soft spot of the schedule because the end of the season is going to be absolutely brutal. And if you want this win total to hit, I mean, they're going to have to try to take care of business before they hit the West Coast swing of Seattle uh, and L.A. and then come home for Cleveland and then go back on the road for New England to uh, end the year in the final four weeks. So we'll see. I think the Jets are going to have their work cut out for them. I think, you know, and it's a similar story with the Giants. These teams can be... Six and ten, ten and six, and it's all contingent on how how they decide to play in games that 
can really swing the season. They either show up or they don't. And I think, um, and you'll hear my statements on the Giants as well, but it's the same thing with the Jets. You know, for a team that started so poorly without a quarterback in the first four weeks last year, they can't afford to be in slow motion again. And, you know, I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they end up coming out as world beaters and can get two wins, start the season two and two, and really, you know, turn the page on what the heck this team can do. Um, But until I see it, it's going to be tough to try to believe it because uh, this team just starts too slow too often. And with last year, them getting the most wins uh, for the franchise at about, you know, four or five years, and it all happened at the end of the season. I'm not saying that they can't, finish the season strong and maybe they do win one of those last four games but is that a season you want to watch where they just get their teeth kicked in for the first eight and then the last eight they decide to play so we'll see I think the most important and toughest stretch of the schedule is going to be uh, leading into week five and six um, and really just trying to stay afloat in those first four games uh, leading up to it and trying to salvage either a winning record or stay at 500. But if they're, if they have a losing record again, uh, I mean, the headlines will be there and I think things will be uh, spiraling out of control uh, by that point, just knowing how the New York media is and how the jets are. So we'll see, we'll see, but we're right now taking the under and we have the jets at six and 10. Now we're going to switch over to my interview or I should say discussion here of the giants 2020 schedule with my good friends Jim Pizzappi and Joe Monaco uh, for any reoccurring listeners to this show. Uh, these are two guys that have been on the show before. Uh, always a good time. Last time they were on, we did our top giants. You'd want to have your back in a fight. This time around, we decided to get a little more creative and just go uh, with a route of fandom and take the route of top things to do at a tailgate. Awesome discussion. Uh, That'll be after our preview of the schedule, but we really talk about a little bit of everything as well. Uh, The Cowboys situation with Dak, uh, the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts, and, you know, an overall good time. So without further ado, here they are, Jim Pizzappi and Joe Monaco. All right, now we have on reoccurring guests uh, together. Joe, this will be your third time on. Uh, I'm happy to have you both. We have Joe Monaco, Jim Pizzappi. Um, we're going to break down the schedule here, guys. Obviously, the Giants schedule was released. Week one, we're staring at the Pittsburgh Steelers at home in MetLife Stadium as long as there are no pending delays that we know of as of yet. Um, the Giants are four-point dogs at home to open the season. Uh, let's just start there. What are you expecting uh, out of the gates week one, um, young Daniel Jones against the ageless wonder in uh, Big Ben? I think we're going to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Daniel Jones is uh, going to have a good year, and I think he's going to make a nice little statement in prime time. At least I, at least I hope so. I might be feeling a little too optimistic, but we'll see, uh, we'll see how everyone's feeling going. Well, here's my issue with uh, Monday night with us. So I know it's – we want him to rise in prime time. But last time we were at prime time on Monday night, there was a black cat on the field, which scared the shit out of everyone. So I think if yeah, we can refrain true. from any animals on the field, if you remember before the cat came on the field, we were doing pretty good. We were doing all right. So if we, we could keep the felines off the field, 
we'll, we'll be all right. Jim, what do you think is going to happen in week one? Uh, I can certainly agree. No animals on the field. Uh, I'm going to do a better job of that first and foremost of the staff. But um, first of all, I think it's strange the Giants start the season Monday night football. It's different than the Cowboys, which is cool, but definitely a surprise, I would say, to everybody. Um, two teams that didn't make the playoffs. But there's some question marks for the Steelers. You know, Big Ben coming back, missed all of last year and pretty much. He's obviously old as hell. Uh, gotten beaten up more than most in the NFL. So, you know, we'll see. I think it starts with him. Uh, you know, is he going to be Big Ben that we know, or is he going to be a little rusty? And then we'll see how this new offensive line looks. We'll see how, you know, our second-year QB looks. I think we can all agree the defense probably won't look elite, but we're going to have to put points up. Steelers have a good defense. It'll be an interesting game. Um, I'm excited, though. So I'm going to get into which ones are must-wins for you guys. Um, a few notes here. I do think week one's a must win for us just because I think it's going to be the softest test on both sides. And that's, I'm saying that lightly in terms of the Steelers defense being one of the top three in the league, but in terms of pass rush, we got to worry about TJ Watt and then really their secondaries elite. So we're going to get an early test with TJ Watt. We'll see what we're made of there. And then on the other side of the ball, when you talk about our defense, um, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense isn't world beaters by any means, you know, and I think they really only have Juju. They have some young receivers, and they got Connor. But I think that's a really good test. A guy like Big Ben who can't really escape the pocket. You know, he's going to stay inside. I think it's going to be a big test for our pass rush. And I think it's going to be an interesting test for our LBs inside with Blake Martinez. And, you know, we'll see what our corners have. Um, but I think this is a, a the week one game against Pittsburgh at home. It's going to really set the tone on what the heck this team's going to look like and what they're going to be under Joe Judge um, moving forward. But let's. Let's talk about it. When you look at this uh, 17 week schedule here, what game is your must win? The one that comes to mind for me is the Thursday night game against the Eagles in Philadelphia. Haven't won there in forever. Um, hostile place to play. They've kicked our ass up and down, you know, um, for the last couple of years. So we, we got to go in there and prove that we can win in a hostile environment, division rival on the road, um, because it's getting to the point now where it's just a running joke, the Giants against the Eagles and the Cowboys. So I think going into Philly, we need our first win there in a long time and in a pretty desperate way. You know, and that game is not going to be easy for us, of course, because we talked about it before we hopped on the show. But naturally what they're going to do is give us that on a short week on the road in Philadelphia. So we'll have four days of prep for the first time we see them and, We'll barely have any time to go about it. So, I mean, must win. That's uh, if we do win, that, that's a statement game. I mean, that would be a big-time statement game, uh, especially we almost pulled it off last year, you know, because we almost pulled that off last year, and we literally blew that game in Philadelphia. I, Joe, you're shaking your head. I know it was bad. That game, that game really got to me. The first half was like a dream. We lied to go under 500. Like, what the fuck? Should have been two. Should have been a game above five hundred. He really he got so many people let him down those last couple of years. What was crazy in that game too? Well, so Darius, many games because of defenses. Darius Slayton had a coming out party early on in that game too. I had bet him yeah. touchdown that game. Yeah, and so I mean, it's not impressive to look amazing against a terrible Eagles secondary, but to have a young rookie like that, especially going from prior to that, he was with Daniel Jones that had the connection, but was able to transition that over to Eli was. I was like, wow. You know, I was really realized last touchdown the next week was a Darius Slayton. Yep. Yep. And I was surprised he actually was able to throw a touchdown to Golden Tate. I don't know if you remember the next week. That play was ridiculous. Dolphins one was sick. Insane. Yeah. That one was wild. I think Golden Tate touchdown. caught his last ball. I think I think I, that sounds about right. So Joe, let's 
let's go with you now. What is your must win? A little spin on that question. I think that we cannot start 0-2. I think that we got to win one of those two games. And I think we could very well go 2-0. Call me crazy. I think we could win both games because we should have beat the Bears last year. Should have beat the Bears last year. Started late on that game. They, sure. they just waited too long to get anything going, and we made a, la- a last-minute stretch in the fourth quarter there. And I think we got the better quarterback, unless, you know, Nick Foles is playing. But Nick Foles on the Eagles in an important game sucks anyway. So. He lost his job to Gardner Minshew straight up. We don't even know what that quarterback uh, situation is going to even look like. I mean, you're going to draw in Nick Foles. Starts. The odds yeah. are that Foles starts, though. Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. Odds. For sure. And and that'll be interesting, too, because that's week two. So that's if they do go with Foles, a lot of those same parts are the same offense. You'd think Trubisky has a better feel for it. We'll see how Foles does going into that new system. I thought Trubisky was the third overall pick. I found out he was the second. I can't believe that. <laughs> they traded up to get him, Joe. They traded up to get him. But, you know, to go on your note, I agree. And in my notes here, uh, in week one and week two, I put two things down. Can't go 0-2 and bet the under in both games. Yeah, mm. this Steelers game, definitely. That's going to be a sloppy game, bad offense, two turnovers per team. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it's, it's week one. 16-13 score. And I think they're going to be slow. I think that uh, both teams are going to have uh, newer pieces that are going to have to take some time to get going. This Big Ben hasn't played a game in almost a year. He got literally a year. You know, speaking of Big Ben, did you see what his offseason regimen is? He said yes. this yeah, throughout his entire career. I believe he said, uh, go on vacation, play golf, and drink beer. It, that, that's not, you know, that, that was um, taken a little out of context, but something along those lines. It was something, something along those lines. I did see that. Yes. Yeah, so. We'll see how that treats him. I mean, his beard will still be there. His career against the Giants, I saw, is six touchdowns and eight picks. So, keep, worth keeping in mind. So, let's talk about this. So, we can't go one with two, but now if we did, the road only gets tougher. The, it really only gets tougher. We have San Francisco coming into us week three. Then we got to go over on our West Coast, uh, West Coast road trip, go play the Rams, and then we're on the road again to Dallas. So, first five weeks – I mean, I came out and said it as soon as it came out. Uh, the schedules came out. We're going to be tested. That offensive line is going to be tested. I mean, that's no joke. T.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, Nick Bosa, Aaron Donald, Demarcus Lawrence. I, those are pretty top-of-the-line guys that we're going to see from inside and out. And, I mean, what are your thoughts right now, guys? I mean, we haven't talked about the offensive line. What are your thoughts? I, think there's, I, don't, I don't think there's really any scenario where we beat the 49ers. I think that's a loss. But I, I have a question. Why can't we beat the Rams? No, it's a fair Rams question. stuck last year and they lost Todd Gurley. And Jerry Goff might continue to suck. Who knows? Um, yeah. we have, you know, I feel like McKinney's going to really be like a good – him and Jabril, like – because Jabril missed like half of the last, last year basically. Those two, like, it'll be a little harder to throw, hopefully. They, they need to find a way to go two and three. That's really what it comes down to. Two and three, his season's alive. If you're one and four, your season's over. We all know that. So, to get to oh, this five, point, season's over. Yeah, five, oh, season's over. on my projection, I have two and three. I have a win against the Rams. I have a win against the Steelers. And then I have the three road games. I have losses, which is interesting because, actually, the Giants of years past have been terrible at home and have won on the road. So, I'm kind of banking on a flip-flop there. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with that 49ers game. I'm kind of worried about it mm. in a sense where they could run the shit out of the ball. And if we have any momentum from those first two games, Pittsburgh and Chicago are both going to also want to run the ball. So I think our linebackers will really be tested, but no one's going to want to run the ball more than San Francisco. And, and no, that's a fact. And it kind of frightens the hell out of me 
Blake Martinez PTSD. That's what I think of when I see the 49ers. And it's going to be for him to either rise to the occasion and really, you know, stick it to him or, you know, cower away a little bit. So we'll see about that. I'm probably with Joe. I think there's more or less no way the Giants win that game. And I would say they have a better shot at beating the Bears than they do the Rams. I think the Rams are just a little more. I, than the Bears. I think we're better offense. Bears. I think the Bears yeah. are not better than us. Uh, the Rams are obviously not amazing, <laughs> but I do think they're better than us. And I think they're better than the Bears, too. So I think they have a better shot. At well, people forget the Rams' defense is very good. I mean, they have Jalen Ramsey, and even though he had a bad year last year, it's like – well, not even a bad year. He's just quiet. I mean, having a guy like that with the best defensive player in football, it's – I know it's defense is 11 guys, but that helps. That <laughs> those, helps. Two guys, those two guys definitely help your team. All right, so let's yeah. keep going forward. Let's keep going forward because – we're approaching now. We, we hit October. We're in week six here. We hit October. Our first short week, we're approaching your must win here, Jim. Um, we get the Redskins at home. I'm just going to write that in as a win. There's no way we're losing that game. Both games. Both games. It's just not happening. But now the Eagles, and this is our short week. And I put this actually, and this leads to my next question. Which game are we most likely to lose? Because I hate to say it, and I do have them winning in week 10 against the Eagles, but I think week seven, that's a loss. In Philly, yeah. Short week, just with how that team is, I don't know. I think that if you ask me what are the better chances, we have an above 500 record in the division, like four and two, but both those losses against the Eagles, I probably believe it. I think we'll have a better edge against the Cowboys. It's a tough take, I know, but I think we have a better edge against the Cowboys with the coaching staff we have, and I think we have a better edge against the Redskins just because they're terrible. Yeah, they suck. I can openly say about this Eagles team that since I've been a kid, I don't know why, but not only do we lose, it's gut-wrenching and you want to turn the TV off and not watch Every time, yeah. What are your your most likely to lose? I mean, the Ravens are a bit of a scapegoat, so let's try to look outside of it. Which of these games on the schedule do you think we're most likely – to just come up with an L on. I mean, we talked so, about the 49. Yeah, right. I'll try to go away from playing in Philly because I talked about that already. But um, one of those games to the Cowboys, I mean, they've been they've been kicking our ass. Look at Dak Prescott's number. in week 17, though, so maybe they'll, like, pull everybody. The, the Dak Prescott's numbers against the Giants are absurd, dude. That's what you're begging on, Joe? They're going to pull the starters <laughs> in week 17? Did you see this division last year? The the division is oh, the starters. They'll probably be playing to week for seventeen it. yet. But I was going to tell we'll you, and spoiler, we're either going to play spoiler or we're going to be in this thing. I because the NFC East, I don't care who got what and who drafted who. Everyone is still nowhere near better than the other team when they all square off and they play each other six times a year. So that's you know that's a big part of it. I'm I'm not convinced the Cowboys are going to be that far ahead of us. No way. Offensively, they kind of are, though. That's the thing, dude. Their offense is silly. They had, you know, 300-some-odd yards per game last year. Dak Prescott must have thrown for seven touchdowns in two games against us. You know, it just doesn't it, – it feels like that Dak Prescott just kicks our ass every time. What are the chances now? So we're talking about uh, Dak Prescott. They're not going to pay him. Steven Jones just came out as of today on Monday saying that you don't win by paying a quarterback a significant amount of your salary. So they signed it. Uh, they signed Andy Dalton. Do we see Andy Dalton starting a game for the Dallas Cowboys this year? Dak finally got hurt last year. What, what's, what are the chances you see uh, the red rifle over there in Dallas? 
It could happen. I'm just it, saying. It could definitely happen. It could happen. All the Cowboys fans all of a sudden are like, Andy Dalton's the truth, yo. He's been underrated his whole career. Like, Because <laughs> think about it. I mean, we talked about the success of the Cowboys being contingent on Dak Prescott, right? We talked about before we came on, he has the third best MVP odds. And with him, that offense really is, you know, scary. But yeah. you bring in the red rifle. If something's a hiccup on the road, he's a solid backup for sure. But that, that offense isn't the same with him. No way. No it's way. Very one-dimensional. I mean, he's an efficient guy, but when when was he, you know, a world beater last? And just the, by the talks of how the Cowboys seem, I, there's controversy brewing. I'm telling you. Yeah, I've been hearing it. They were saying Dak should sit out this year. That I literally heard. I don't know if he will. That would be so cool. It, he, would, it, he wouldn't be the first guy to do it. It's similar because, I mean, he's on a team, but that's, they're saying the same thing with Cam. I mean, it's very interesting to see – how many quarterbacks there are in the league right now, and they all want their money, and if they don't get their money, which route they decide to go about it. I think Dak has too much pride, and he's been too good on the Cowboys to sit out, but he's been taking a lot of heat. I mean, it a was lot. in the headlines today. They're talking a lot of shit about him. What have you done for us lately? I don't know. If I'm him and I was a late-round pick, I'm trying to get my money, and if the Cowboys don't give it to me. Yeah, yo, he was like a fifth-rounder. Like, But that might weigh on him come season time. I think. I think a lot of people might not see it that way, and I'm sure he could put the business aside. But at the end of the day, he'll, he'll be playing for free if they don't give him that money, which it doesn't seem like they are. And so, I don't know. That's a, that's a bit of drama. That's a bit I, of drama there, I see. I think what, um, what Dak is, like, focusing in on is Jared Goff's money, the, the amount of money he got a few years ago. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think we can agree that Dak Prescott is better than Jared Goff. Right? Oh, for sure. Well, he deserves crazy the money. Statement. Bandit. Well, he but, deserve, I think he deserves the money. I just so don't think what does he want, 38 probably? You know, I think he just wants to be the highest-paid quarterback until Lamar and Patrick Mahomes get their money, to be honest. And that's – I mean, that's well, – whatever, whatever the number is. Like soon. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever the number is, I think it's a similar discussion that Zeke had. I mean, Zeke was in a similar boat literally as of last year. So, I don't know. I mean, these guys deserve their money. All right, let, let's move on from Dak. Let's move on from Dak. Um, we're at Philly. Now here comes the part of the Wait. schedule I was waiting to talk to you guys on. Joe, guys, can, can I say something about that Philly game? And I want us to remember I said this. Week seven, Jalen Hurts is going to be playing quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> the NFC East backups and Daniel Jones comes in. And Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback. When this happens, we're going to go back. We're bring the clip. I'm going to put on – Send it to people, all the Eagles fans. Carson Wentz is going to be hurt by week seven. Yeah, or he just loses his job. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. He'll fucking he'll slip it, slip coming out of the shower and be out for nine weeks. Okay. <laughs> or sneezes. Okay, so yeah. this part of the schedule is what I wanted to get to because I'm here to stir the pot of the Giants' success being contingent in November. And so first game on the agenda here in November – the Tampa Bay Bucks on Monday Night Football. You know what that is, right? I'm just gonna air write it. That's a I W. That's a W. That game is okay. gonna be so cool. Daniel Jones owns the Bucks, and the Giants own Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, so draw fast. the W. Draw, draw the W. Okay, Damn. then we're gonna move yeah, down. Win that game. At Washington. Here we go. What are the Redskins? Washington. That's a huge W. Okay, now huge ready. W. Here it comes. Here it comes. The big test. Week ten at uh, at home against the Eagles. Well, here we go. That's our W. That's it right there. That's our first win against the Eagles you wanted. We I need the, it. <laughs> we hit the bye week, and how do we end November? 
at Cincinnati. Winnable oh, game. The boys sweep November and go. It'll be a challenge. They go for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Dude, just give, me wins. give me, give me, give me something to build off of. Give me See something. if 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 November was uh, Niners, Ravens, you know, something like I would tell you crazy, but that those four games are not completely out of the question to win all four. Of them. Oh, definitely not. And I think the Bucks again, like yeah, they're going to be a good team. But I've seen takes and, and fluctuations on the over under. I don't think anyone could pinpoint where Tom Brady is exactly going to be on a play standpoint, like, like his abilities, plus mm-hmm. he's going to be in a new team. I, I think, I think there are challenges that come with that. And it's a fami- uh, familiarity type of thing. He doesn't have Julian Edelman, his safety net. Granted his receivers are better. I mean, he has Gronk, but Gronk was just retired. So I think there's a lot of questions there. And I think there's a halfway decent chance that we're going to have for that game too. We have extra preparation time because we had a Thursday game before it. So I'm just saying that, I mean, there, there is a possibility there that if we win that game, we catch a roll. Now, after a couple of weeks of the season, the Tampa Bay Bucks play could change our minds completely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It could be 4-0 just blowing teams out left and right. So that could easily change. But right now, talking about it, I think there's, you know, some, uh, some, some question marks in the air. Well, either way, even if they are undefeated up until the point, we'll just still have takes on the fact that the Giants own Tom Brady when he's undefeated. And that Daniel Jones owns the Bucks, so we're fine. We can stand on the hill until the result of the game. And I'm here. I love it. Uh, I love that Daniel Jones owns the Bucks after that one win. By the one way, win two rushing touchdowns in that game. Two, two rushing touchdowns. That it's defense is pretty good too. Hard right. to not scare that guy. We're rolling here. We're rolling here. Let's go to the hard part of the schedule here because I think there's some trap games here. And so after the four and November, I have them hitting a trap on a West Coast swing here against Seattle. I think they're going to go into the 12th man and struggle a little bit. I think that's a hard place to win. Yeah. That's an L. That's an L. And here's, here's the other L I have drawn up, and I hate it because we suck so bad against them at home, and we have them at home again. But the Cardinals, we're going to lose yeah. to the Cardinals again. That game last year was such a struggle to watch, dude. It was I can't. Cardinals game is going to be – And it's going to be a trap game, too, because who knows where the Cardinals will be. They could be good, could be bad. But look at that. Look at just how that team is. And we're going to come back from getting what our asses whooped in Seattle on a West Coast swing. It's just they could be sleepwalking. So I worry about it. So two and we got to cover two uh, legendary receivers, which will yeah, be. Of course. I mean, D Hop is going to be amazing on that team. I agree. But then let's get to the moment we were waiting for on this schedule. So even if that is a trap game, we will wake up right away the next week because at home, we welcome OBJ. And the Cleveland Browns. Um, I won't talk anymore on this. I'm just curious on where your heads are at for this return. With or without fans, I think New York will make OBJ's presence back in New York felt. Um, where do you guys stand on this? Where do you stand on him returning? I think I want to stick to Baker Mayfield more than I do OBJ, to be completely honest with you. Um, but as far as Odell coming back goes, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, is he going to, you know, it's going to be like Steve Smith when he came back and, and played the Panthers. You know, who knows? It'll be interesting. I, you know, when he played the Jets and they, they play each other, actually, uh, he plays in MetLife twice, OBJ, as long as he makes it that far in the season. Who knows what happened with him and the Browns. But he played last year and wasn't doing that great against the Jets and then broke the off fly. the one touchdown. And that, and that was like 
like one of his four touchdowns on the whole year. And I think I would be sick to my stomach. My only takeaway was I'd rather him have 10 receptions, 100 yards, but zero touchdowns. Instead I'll of, take that all day. Instead of him taking a, the vintage OBJ slant up the middle and just goes, I think that one would be a tough pill to swallow oh, yeah. more, than, more than anything else. If he can take a slant on us, I, Joe, you've been quiet. Tell me. To me. I, I was, I was waiting. To, I was waiting to give my, give me what I think of this game. Uh, like it's, it's five days before Christmas. So first of all, be the best Christmas gift ever. Because two days after Christmas, we play the Ravens and whatever. But um, <laughs> like I originally, I was gonna say I want to win this game seventy to nothing. But honestly, I'd rather have OBJ four catches for seventy six yards, quiet and. Giants, Daniel Jones leads a drive, scores with like scores to take the lead with like a minute 30 left, and like Baker throws a pick. Like, I actually want like I want a gut wrencher for Cleveland. Cause like we have had so many gut wrenchers. I want to rip somebody's fucking heart out. Like Bucks game last year, I want to chase that feeling. Oh, so good when they missed that kick. And I wanted to highlight really that everyone's just like, wow, Daniel Jones really outplayed Baker this game. And Baker looks yeah. like a fool. Well, and I know what's going to happen on OBJ's end. I mean, I, I just – I see it. I foresee it. He's going to try to take the high road, the I don't need this type of thing, be quiet for most of the game, and he's going to get one first down, one big play, and he won't be able to contain it. He's going to open up, and I just need – I need that to happen because that's when they strike. Mm-hmm. Give him an inch. Well, as soon as he opens up, I think the Giants will strike on him. Or they'll shut and him down. OBJ catches the ball in the middle and sh- – Nails him. Yeah, we need some D back to chirp at him a little bit. Yeah. I'm out of his own head. Honestly, yeah, I, so head. I could see him being hurt by that. I could see him missing that game and like Skip Bayless be like, oh, coincidence? Like, yeah, I'm not sure. So we drew up an L for the Ravens after this game, right? So we drew you up. You can put L. that in Sharpie. And then so we we beat the Cowboys to end the season. Did we end on a win? Yeah, they're just they're resting their starters. They can beat Andy Dolan. They're they gonna be eight. Run. They're gonna be eight and seven and need to win that game in the most desperate fashion. <laughs> they're gonna need to win that game in like three teams to lose. Yeah, exactly. Are we taking the over on six and a half on the total? No, and honestly, like yo, they always fuck no. the Giants with like putting those too high. Like, gotta put it like four or five. Like, we don't win a lot. Like, put it high so we can like put it low so we can like confidently bet on it. Like, I don't. I would. I would take the under predicting six. Well, so I came on the show last week and predicted six. I said, that's my ceiling. Before I even saw the schedule, I'm like, six would be nice because it shows improvement and it doesn't exceed any crazy expectations. But seven, I think seven's doable. And if we have a three and one or four and oh November, I think that's most of the, uh, most of the job right there. Uh, you both are on the unders. I'll just take the under totals of the Giants not- and then bet that over for the uh, win totals. Love it. <laughs> the Giants can think- win seven games, yeah. I think you guys are very optimistic with uh, the divisional games, I will say. And I like it. I think we're going to beat – if not sweep the Redskins, we'll beat them at least once. And I think that we won't get swept by both the Eagles and the Cowboys. I I just want to know what makes you say that. You really don't think we would have an edge on the Cowboys? We literally have – No. No? An edge? Like like an advantage? Like an advantage against them? I think he has to know something. Maybe, but you know, even with that being edge. Said, they're, they're bringing in a new coach, so but I, they're just better than us. Yeah, like, but okay, you talk about Mike McCarthy, a different coaching staff too. But I mean, Mike McCarthy's offense is—I mean, come on, it's very—it's very vertical. It doesn't. I mean, you're right, but he look has at the, the receivers, receivers and their running back and their quarterback probably. They, so they're probably just throw out DeAndre Baker 
every time they play him. And we'll just have to hope maybe he just tackles the receiver instead of giving up a 70-yard bomb. That guy well, better be, like, having the craziest workouts. He better fucking not suck. Dude, I, DeAndre Baker needs to show up. And if he doesn't, <laughs> and I had people on the show last week, DeAndre Baker's in the hot seat this year. He's probably in the hot seat before he even gets in the offseason because look at who we've drafted and look how many DBs we have on this team. I mean, he's he's got to show up, man. He was a first-round pick, but and even if he doesn't show up, I don't think with this new regime they're going to hand out any fucking handouts because he was their third first-round pick. If he doesn't show up ready to play, they're going to start rotating some guys in. Because you draw Jabril in at safety, you put McKinney in at safety. I think Julian Love is an able body. He was a natural yeah, corner. He's, he's ready to go. Down. We have Sam Beal. We, ha- you know, we have other guys that are you know, more than capable. Hungry, at least. Hungry, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of hunger, Jim, thank you for the segue. Is this an ad read? We're, no, we're going to get into it. <laughs> it's not an ad read. It is a segue, though. We're going to switch over here to our Mount Rushmore. Shout out to part of my take. We're going we're gonna to switch over to a Mount Rushmore of things to do at a tailgate. Um, Love it. I told you guys it took me a little while to think of a good one for us to do. Um, I thought our last uh, Mount Rushmore of Giants to have your back was a hit. I think this one can also be a hit. Um, I'm trying to remember correctly, but I believe Joe cheated on the rock, paper, scissors, shoot. So you went first. Yes. Joe, I won't even leave it to the rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I'll give you the first overall pick out of fairness. I'll be the last, of course. Um, you're on the clock, buddy, whenever you're ready to go. Uh, the first one's pretty easy. Uh, drink alcohol. Yeah, that might be number one. <laughs> That's a pretty fair one. That's a pretty fair I'll one. I'll be tired uh, with uh, food. <laughs> uh, preference of, uh, of the alcohol. Though. Beer, specifically. Beer. Okay. All right. Bud Light, probably. Yeah. At a Giants not a, tailgate, you're not a big hard liquor tailgate guy since you know it's usually at like ten in the morning. <laughs> um. All right. So number two, uh, I would say it's just obvious. Number one, eating. Yeah. Facts. Eating food. But now, so eating food. Uh, in specific, what kind of food are you bringing? The food, or or how's how's it work? We're go, we talking chips. We talking. So if it. If it was me and like my a couple of my buddies, we don't probably wouldn't be bringing like a grill. So maybe we'll pack some sandwiches from one of the local spots in town. But when you really go you on, it right, you bring a grill. Someone has a grill, some burgers, some dogs. I had grill as an option. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm just making. Okay. That's why I wanted to clarify. That was one of mine. Grilling barbecue, I think, is up there. That's one of the uh, one of the good ones. So or like frying wings or something. People people who go all out, bro. That's the best. I think the the I'll do that right now. When we went to a game, uh, there was a charcoal grill that was falling apart, and we still managed to cook these, like, frozen burgers on it. It was one of the most impressive feats. Not only that, it was actually pretty nasty to think about, but there was, like, a plastic spatula, too, that we were cooking with. It was just a mess. I mean, it just – there was no part of it that made any sense, and we still managed to cook burgers on it. So That's a true underdog story. <laughs> yeah, getting that off. I'm pretty sure we ended up flipping with, like, forks after that. All right, but <laughs> – so I'm going to have two picks here. I'm going to have two picks here, and I like these two. I don't want the second one to fall. So my first one is yelling at opposing fans. I think that's one. a very fair one. That's a, that's very, a great one. That's an off the bag. Uh, it doesn't have to be aggressive. Um, New Yorkers aren't really like Philly. But when you see all that blue and you just see the one jersey walking through the parking lot because he's trying to get into the stadium with his kids, just, just give him a little chirp. Just give him a little chirp. Even if they're better than us, you give, give them a little bit. A little let bit. his kids know he's a beta. Yeah, yeah. Just let them know. You might win here today, but we win. We still win because we're drunk <laughs> eating burgers in the parking lot. Exactly. So, yelling at opposing fans is one, and my two is going to be peeing in public 
Now, I know, I know there's urinals, especially at MetLife Stadium, but if you're going to tell me you haven't seen those lines sometimes and you got to go, all right, especially towards kickoff, you just open that car door and you, you do your business. You yeah. handle it. That's it. Public That's take, it. take a knee next to a tire. Exactly. Simple as that. Get your boy to drink his beer and just give you his back and, you know, get, get you a little heel curtain. Now this is full circle because if you see that dad who likes the other team, you follow him to his car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there you go. Be in his gas tank. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> see, I like, I like that. I like that combo pick. All right, Jim, you're back on the clock here. Joe, Joe's up, right? No, it's you. Oh, oh man. Yeah, you're I'm second. Snake. Fucking snake. amateur. All right. Um, all right, so – I want to go a little less obvious here. This is a bit of a newer trend. I'm going to go getting your bets in before kickoff. That's a good one. You're drinking. You're, you know, doing <sighs> your buddies. It's like a Giants fan right next to the sports book. Yeah, let's say it's a 1 o'clock game, bro, and, you know, you got a whole slate of games starting at 1. You got to make sure you got all your bets in before you're too drunk and forget. Then your day's wrong. I would put it as, for me, it's uh, get all your drunken parlays in. I think mm. I put all my bets prior to getting to the stadium – and then I just wait for that right before kickoff, the injury report comes out, and then I just make some just irrational underdog parlays and just not look at my phone and, for a while and see what and happens. And you got that liquid courage, so you're feeling it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, like this, this nine-leg parlay could easily hit, dude, easily. I'm more of an eight-leg guy. We got to keep the numbers <laughs> even. Nine, to, you, you push it with nine. You don't yeah. get – Yeah, you're right. Eight's good. <laughs> eight's much better. Eight's, yeah. much, eight's much better. Um, Joe, we're starting to run out already, and we're halfway through it, so good luck on this one. I really thought Jimmy was going to taste this one. Throwing a football. I was thinking about taking it, but I want it to be a little different. Throwing a football is like one of the like staples. I feel like that one could have been one of the first choices and it would have been all right. Here's my question for this. Cause I'm not going to take it because it's similar thoughts on bringing a baseball glove to the football stadium for a, uh, for like a toss. I've never done it, but while I was doing this, I'm oh, thinking, okay, is this a tailgate as a whole? I've ne- it's a bold move. I've never seen it pulled off. What are your thoughts on this? I, I think it's out of line. I, I wouldn't trust myself. I trust myself more than a baseball. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting throwing a baseball at a tailgate. Too many cars, too many windows, too many kids, too many trucks. And I'm a lefty, too. Most, um, too many charcoal grills that are already falling yeah. apart. When you're throwing a baseball, you're just throwing a well-shaped rock, and you throw that the wrong way, it gets away from you, you get a lot of trouble. So I'm good on that. Fair point, Joe. You had two, so you got one more after this. Oh, I got one more. Nice. Hmm. It's tough. It's tough. Probably should have wrote it down. <laughs> He's like, "What do I do at a tailgate?" I, I have one, but I'm trying to like word it. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. This is guarantee victory. Guarantee a victory. <laughs> guarantee a victory. That's a good That's one. That's great. Strategy set. How you're gonna win? Predict the score. That's Everything with a tailgate. Rugs. Everything with a tailgate comes back to being drunk, honestly. Yeah, seriously. Liquid courage. Yeah. We're going to win today easily. Taking in the, you're in the porter pie? Like, I know they're 12 and 2. <laughs> I know they're 12 and 2. Yeah. But we own the Bucks. Right? <laughs> the, the, Panther, the Panthers, when they were undefeated, I remember it was like, yo, there's no way we lose today. <laughs> that should have been a win, too. Which was if a- we lose today, Odell's going to fight Josh Norman. And then, yeah, that's what you said. And then they ended up brawling. They're both like yeah. Brown irrelevant. <laughs> Jim, on the clock. We're getting good. Right. A lot of them are getting off the board now. All right, here we go. Cornhole. That's a good one. I love cornhole. If you have it, you just throw it in your car. It's not too big of a deal to bring. And then people line up. I got next. I got next. I got next. Me. <laughs> and it's fun. 
Yeah, cornhole's really good. Cornhole's a good one, especially uh, when you get the like custom giant ones. Yeah, yeah, everyone loves that. Real, uh, gotta be a real diehard. You can't just bring regular cornhole. And then you got red and blue bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only issue with those, they have a weird slide on them. Like when you throw it, it's not really. It's a little glossy, you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like jumps right off the, uh, the board itself. Okay, I got two here, and I'll be done after this. This is going to be tough to put in a poll, but you ready for this one? I love doing this. Okay, bringing beer to put in the cooler, and then when you go into the cooler, you take someone else's beer. <laughs> like that? So, like, I bring, I bring, yeah, I bring, like, Budweiser's, Budweiser's, and I'm like, there's Bud Lights in here. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to not drink a Bud Light. You know, they're there. They have, like, a thousand. You know, they won't like, ooh, Look at this seasonal IPA. I'm taking this. That's happened to me very often. Like, you go to a very friendly tailgate. They're like, oh, just put it in the cooler. And then you open yeah. the cooler, and you're like, there are so many better options in here. Like, homemade margaritas. It's like, how much time did you guys put into, you know, bringing drinks here? So, it's, it's like going to a huge barbecue at your friend's house and just bring like a bag of chips or like napkins. Yeah, it's like paying for something. Now I'm going to eat ribs and fucking steak. Or you could even go in, you bring the beer and you're like, wait, I'm fucked up already. I need a water. You don't have water? You go in there, they get do. your water. There you go. So that's three. I feel like that's a strong three. This one's a little tough, but I got one. It's not really something you do at tailgates, but it's definitely possible to see at parking lots, uh, at football stadiums. You'll probably see it this year. Uh, Burn jerseys. Oh, Burn yeah. Burn jerseys. Creative. Yeah. I, I would comes do back it to myself. I think, I think it's a bit much. I think it's a bit much. If people yeah, no, were burning jerseys, like Odell jerseys, I'd be like, guys, at least have a fire extinguisher present. Like, let's be <laughs> safe about this. Uh, but people just, like, throw the lighter fluid in there and just, like, set yep. it off. So, uh, that one's good. Uh, I have an honorable mention. I'm curious to see if you guys will take this one. Um, but go ahead. Yeah. All right. Uh, so along with drinking, I'm going to go with drinking games, specifically flip cup, because mm-hmm. when you get some big flip cup going, everybody's playing, everybody's watching. It's, it's hype. It's awesome. You win and then you guarantee the victory. So it, it all kind of goes hand in hand, but I'm going to go with flip cup. Giants win. Spurs. Giants I like that you win. won with the games. You know, it's smart that you won games because, you know, throwing the football would have been something you picked, but because you didn't pick it, you doubled down a little bit on that. On games, drinking games, dude. And then the cornhole, you're right, yeah. Bringing everyone together. Yeah, mad games. Mad games. All right, Joe, uh, you struggled to get the last one out. I got one. Oh, you got one? Okay, let's <laughs> well, I got one. <clears throat> not, I know some people might say this goes without saying, but if you go to a tailgate, not, a, not everyone is doing this, and that's blasting some music. Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, people, that dropped. That dropped. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of people will just, like, want to leave their cars on and then eventually going to be like, dude, not trying to waste my battery. And not enough people bring speakers. No, that's a good one. It's a good point. I always found that a, a tough situation. It's obviously best to bring a speaker, but I just always find myself never bringing it. You can't bring like anything you could plug in if you, like, you know, you're driving the car. You don't have a, you know, extension or a converter of some sort. You always got to end up going to the car, and people don't want to keep it on. But you got to do it for the sake of the tailgate. And like you might have a Bluetooth one, but it's like not that loud, and you're exactly. outside, so it's tough. or like you have it, and then the one guy like three rows away from you has like a huge speaker just a stadium speaker something yeah and it's yeah. just what's the point of this like all i could hear is kid rock from fucking three rows away i'm turning oh. my shitty bluetooth speaker off <laughs> so they were good now i think 
this one I left off, it was tough, but you wouldn't see it at a Giants tailgate. It's obviously jumped through foldable tables. I mean, oh, that, yeah, very specific. Yeah, that's but, I say it because it's really a Bills thing. It's one of the biggest specific. things to do at tailgates, but you, you won't find that. And it's pretty sweet. You got to love it. I also have another one, uh, putting outrageously tall like flagpoles and hanging flags from like your truck or your car. People do that mm-hmm. all the time. Oh, Again, littering? Littering is like <laughs> littering for sure. That's like <laughs> you just like oh I'm done with this fucking mirror. Drinking in front of security was another one I had. Like seeing that's a good one. By and then like half-assing hiding your beer. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, but like, yeah. dude, like take a sip. What's this? Yeah, yeah. I had that. Absolutely. I had can jam. Can jam was one. Can jam's fun. Yeah, there was like a last-minute thing. There was another recreational activity that I wasn't sure if we could mention, but I think you guys I got the same thing, Jen. <laughs> oh, it's legal or recreational in Jersey now. Yeah, yeah. Of course, only with, you know, the proper... Smoking pot. Yes. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> um, I had to throw football around. That's I'm a sure. great one to do at a fucking tailgate. I love that one. Hot box a car. That's pretty good. Uh, here's another one. It's not great to do at a tailgate. Freeze your ass off. You ever freeze your ass? <laughs> Off at a tailgate. Weren't you at that game, that Week 17 Giants Redskins game? <laughs> my my caption game? was "I'm cold." <laughs> Literally, the caption. I couldn't even feel my Dude. hands or face. As soon as the sun went down, we were like, "We have to leave now." The wind. It's, it's and so it's cold. once you get in there and you catch the wind burn. Dude, wind burn is worse than sunburn. Like on particular moments, like when you're catching a tough, like it's making you cry. Like it makes mm-hmm. you up a little bit. Yep. Not fun. Yeah, freezing your ass off is not tough. I think that's too because like, I'm wearing a hat, and I got like hat hair, too, and it like, feels weird. Oh, you, oh, did you get so uncomfortable after hours of the hat on? You yeah. ever, you ever freeze your ass off, but you have so much stuff on to uh, like keep you warm that you start sweating mm-hmm. under, the hat, like, under the stuff? I mean, that is the most uncomfortable feeling. Of You're all. just wickedly uncomfortable, yeah. You're like, like your head's cold, but you have like everything you need to stay warm. I even had a mask on, dude. I was I had a mask on before COVID. Before it was cool. And then the worst is then you try to chug a beer while freezing your ass off, but the beer is twice as cold, and then you cry even more because a cold beer getting chugged is like good luck. Oh, oh, that's another honorable mention is like the hot tro- the spiked coffee or spiked hot chocolate or something. That's People good that. Irish coffee. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I'm wearing a Jameson shirt. I should have thought nice. of that. Yeah, that's when it's when it's cold like that. People love that. I feel like that's more of a dad move. I feel like if I'm a dad going to a game with my son, like, and it's gonna be like casual, I'm just gonna get like a Dunkin' coffee and just pour like a, a personal Jameson into it. Or like you know those steel like thermos things, the ones you can pour that like, you open it and like it's got all this shit in it. You know, yeah, people like put soup in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you spike soup? Do we know? Is this possible? There's no way it would taste any good. <laughs> yeah, no. Put whiskey and chicken noodle soup. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Get you better, but worse. At the Probably would just ruin soup for you. Honestly, a, a shooter of like room temperature Jameson might be exactly what you need at a cold tailgate. Yeah. Warm Jameson. Just like it kind of like makes you want to throw up, but warms you up at the same then, time. Yeah, you feel it, you know, going down. It feels good. Warms you up. Uh, you guys prefer beer though over liquor at a tailgate, right? At a tailgate, yes. Maybe like a shooter or two, but like mostly beer. I found it interesting that like when you go to like the high, like the higher end tailgates, like for us, like it's exactly that. You bring like a twenty-four or thirty, and you just crack it behind the car and you drink. But when you get to like more of these like homey tailgates, they have like the whole row, like a bar. I'm just like that's that's a lot. Like getting liquor drunk at a tailgate is completely different than like funneling beers and like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you get way more hammered, or like you get more plastered than hammered, I should say. 
Dude, Tito, I, I've done work a couple of times for this company called Tailgaters, and they set up these massive tailgate events. Out, I did it outside Yankee Stadium twice or three times, and uh, it's so it's 40 bucks to get in. And you pay 40 bucks, and you walk into this tailgate. We got food and bars set up. It's an open bar. All real liquor, nothing's watered down. You can go up to the bar and order as many of anything as you want. And you only have to tip if you want because you already paid to get in. We had people going up to the bar saying, let me get six shots of Jameson. You pour them six shots, they go on their way. So people cool. couldn't walk That's by the saying. You won't go to the game. This is the yeah, whole no point one, of the tailgate. Exactly. Like, people are just ripping back shots. Like, the bar's about to close. Like, let me get six more shots. That's another honorable mention. Getting so drunk at the tailgate that you don't actually go to the game. Or, I guess another good one is just going to the tailgate and not going to the game. Not even having a ticket to the game. Yeah, that happens often. That happened last year uh, a few times. That's a Giants-Jets preseason game favorite for us. I like like the one you said, Jim, of uh, getting your bets in. But especially for MetLife, because we have uh, FanDuel right there. I haven't (sighs) done it yet, but taking like a stroll down to the sports book. That'd be fun. That would be nice. It'd be a change of pace, but I'm, I'm sure it gets crowded in there. I'm sure. Yeah, on game days, it must. It must. Well, that was good. That was good, guys. I mean, yeah. that's about it. Uh, we went over the schedule. I'm taking the over. You guys are taking – you're both taking the unders. Um, but it's six. Let the record show. I'm going to say seven. I'm taking the over. I changed my mind. I'll be, I'll be negative, man. And uh, let the record show also that uh, Joe said that Jalen Hurts is going to be <laughs> yes. the quarterback, seven starting quarterback of week seven. I don't care if he plays – if Carson Wentz plays weeks one through six and eight through 17. <laughs> this is for when I go to my book. Do, yeah. Do you want to double down and say that he's going to be the week, uh, the starter for week 10 as well? Because then I'll try to get a little parlay action. No, on Carson that. Wentz will be back from uh, his shower accident. <laughs> <laughs> from stubbing his toe on the shower stairway. slip. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so yeah, let's talk a tailgate really makes you want to tailgate. Bro, it's kind of fucked. Cause like we might not get to tailgate this year. Well, we could just like, as long as it's like the three of us, we can just gather in someone's like yard and yeah. have like it's a parking lot and just get plastered there. Then we can drink liquor because we have like couches and things to sleep on and like Dude, watch the game. That'd be so dope bringing a TV outside, just sitting on a deck, crushing beers. Maybe I've always been of- envious of people at tailgates who like have either the RVs or like the TV set up in the trunk. I always, oh yeah, I can never figure out if like how they're fucking doing that, how they're doing it. I always <laughs> thought all you need is an antenna, which I don't think is true anymore. And then, um, like, are they going in the game? Like, where do you put the stuff? Do you have to hide it? Has it ever been stolen? There's only- or like the people who are like actually DJing. Who had like the whole booth and the big speakers and they've yeah. had, and they're up there the whole time not talking to anybody just like, actually bro, DJing. What time did you get here to set up? Yeah, but here since five. <laughs> like, dude, just fucking hit shuffle on your fucking Spotify playlist. I want to someday go to a tailgate actually early instead of like hungover from Saturday and like crawl out because yeah. like I'm well, like, so close. Seriously, I want to like get up super early and like get there like eight or nine and appreciate it and not just. October day. I'll be like, where's my fucking parking pass on my phone and all that shit. Did you print it out? Did you print it? You gotta print it out. I don't have a printer. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciated our second go around. There'll be more of this coming. Uh, I appreciate your uh, ideas on the uh, tailgating things to do for the Mount Rushmore. We'll put this up on the uh, Twitter as always, and we'll vote on it. So uh, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having us, Tino. Always down, Tino. Thanks a lot. That interview was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? All right, guys, that's our show. 
big shout out, big thank you to Jim and Joe for stopping by again. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Of course, as always, you'll be able to check the at NY Football Pod Twitter page for our poll on the Mount Rushmore's of top things to do at a tailgate. Uh, we'll also have some content on there in terms of videos from the interview, so be sure to follow that page as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez on Twitter. You could also download, like, subscribe, and rate wherever podcasts are for the Believe in New York Football podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, the Believe website. Thanks for tuning in. As always, guys, we'll be back next week, same time, every Wednesday. Hope you guys enjoyed. Talk to you soon. Stay safe. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube